0: this morning I, I want to pause and and take some time it's the month of November and a lot of times I don't know that calendars have the month of November because it seems like in our calendars we go straight from October to December 25th you know what I'm saying like we go from Halloween to Christmas and we forget that thing that's in the middle and it's it's Thanksgiving it's the month of November and and it's interesting. In my mind, I want to personify the holidays. I just picture in my mind Easter, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas in a room. And Thanksgiving is like the guy in the back corner that no one sees, that no one recognizes, that just kind of camouflage and fits in. You know, Halloween is Halloween and Christmas is all decorated. But it's weird. I mean, look at Walmart. What happens at Walmart this time of year? Like October 31st, there's every costume you can imagine in an aisle, and like immediately overnight, that aisle becomes Christmas decorations. Like it's like we don't think about Thanksgiving. You know, I'm convinced it's, it's partly just a, a revelation of who we are. I think we like Halloween because we get to hide. We like Christmas because we get to receive the Thanksgiving. Sometimes that's not easy. It's not easy to be thankful <laughs> Sometimes it it takes work, it takes thought, it takes recognition that, hey, maybe I wasn't enough and someone had to help me out, or or something had to come in my life that I wasn't expecting or planning. There's this acknowledgement on someone else. Today I want to talk about Thanksgiving. I, I want to pause and talk about Thanksgiving. Now, I will warn you, next Sunday is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and so if you're here next Sunday, I'm going to ask you to share what you're thankful for. It's the, hol- it's the Halloween, it's the Thanksgiving tradition from, from Tam's family where we would all be in a room and it was a room where there were more people in it than there should have been and we would pass a microphone around, and or not a microphone, but we would just stand up and people would snot and cry and share what they were thankful for. And I will tell you there's something powerful when we participate in Thanksgiving together. There's something profound that happens when we live with the discipline of thanksgiving. I'm going to get to some scientific and I'm going to get to some scriptural evidence, but the discipline of being thankful is imperative for you and I. Now, the Bible shows us that being thankful isn't necessarily normal. And you'll say, Pastor, how can you say that? Well, I'm going to read a story here in a little bit. It's in the Gospels where it shows us that maybe Thanksgiving isn't normal. And actually, for, for a lot of people, Thanksgiving or the practice of, of being uh, thankful is abnormal. I want to pray. Father, we we thank you for this morning and for our time together. We thank you for the calendar that lets us pause about Thanksgiving. And I pray this year, as we approach this season, Lord, you do something in our hearts, that we become a a grateful people, a people of, of gratitude. For your word this day, God, I ask your anointing upon it. I pray that as we look at it, you speak to our hearts. You reveal to us what you need us to hear this day. God, for myself as a pastor, I yield myself to you, asking for nothing but your very will, to be accomplished. Edit my sermon however you need in the midst of this moment in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not working, Irene. Luke chapter 17, uh, verse 11 says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. They went and they were cleansed. Verse 15 says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. See, the the point that I made was Thanksgiving isn't normal. This model in Scripture says one out of ten. One out of ten people are thankful. I'm not saying that only in in life 10% of people are thankful. But it's interesting this This scripture, it's interesting why this is in the Word of God. That one out of ten people expressed thanksgiving. Like literally went back to Jesus and said, hey, that was a cool thing that you did. I'm thankful for that. Praise God for what He did. You know, the reality is that I said, um, literally that, that, that in, in society, in the world, being critical is more normative than being grateful. Complaining is more common than thanksgiving. I was reading an article um, this week, and I'll find the guy's name who wrote it because I don't remember it. Travis Bradbury, anyway, he wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence, and this article basically said research shows most people complain once a minute during a typical conversation. Complaining is tempting because it feels good, but like many other things that are enjoyable, such as smoking or eating a pound of bacon, and boy, I had to put down the article at that point because don't talk about eating my bacon. Such as smoking or eating a pound of bacon for breakfast, complaining isn't good for you. He went on. In this article to talk about how literally when we complain, it begins to rewire our brains, like our neurons, and, and, it, and it wires it so that the next time it's easier to complain. And he talks about how the effect of that complaining literally hurts, I think it was the hippocampus, in, in our brain. It causes damage to that, which is exemplified in Alzheimer's and those kind of things. Like, literally, this, this article was written about the effects of complaining on us. But look at how he said. Typical people. I know some atypical people. Typical people complain one time a minute during a conversation. One time a minute in your conversation. there's a compl- I want to tell a story. It's my story. I'm going to tell a story based on the lens of, of how I've told it several times. Mike, I told it to you this way this morning. I think I did it in Sunday school the same way. My truck. Uh Uh-oh, here we go again. Two and a half weeks ago, I changed the battery in my truck. I got a new battery from Walmart. And I changed the battery in my truck, and my truck did not start. So I had to call the mechanic. The mechanic came. He towed my truck to his garage, and he forgot about it for about a week and a half, is what it seemed like. So then we decided through Google and through him that the only answer for my truck was to have to tow it 120 miles to Rapid City in order for it to be fixed because the problem had to be taken care of at a dealership. So I called the dealership three times. They didn't answer. They didn't return my phone calls. They wouldn't tell me whether I need to have an appointment. So, so, so someone drove me up there. We towed my truck up, and we got there, and they asked me if I had an appointment. And my blood boiled, and I got frustrated, and I told them, no, I don't have an appointment because you told me not to have an appointment. And they told me to go out back and get my truck off my trailer. But it was only me and, and the person who helped me move my truck. And so we couldn't push my truck off the trailer. But the salesman didn't or the, the, the work guy didn't want to stay and help until we begged him to help us to get the truck off the trailer. But then they say, we might get to it this afternoon. So we came back. And I had to drive up another 120 miles again on Friday where they sent me the list that all they had to do was put my truck on a charger and, and, and reprogram it so it would start. So literally eight hours of travel time to get my truck back so they could charge me 160 bucks to plug it into a machine that did the job for them. I can tell the story that way. That's the way I like to tell it. Or I can say it this way. I was changing the battery in my truck and my truck died. I didn't know what to do. It was stuck in front of my garage and I knew I couldn't drive my van. So I called the only person in town that I knew could come and tow my truck. I called the mechanic and he willingly came to my house. He and his son left the mechanic shop to come to my house to get my truck out of my driveway right then. He took it to a shop and he spent a week and a half looking at my truck trying to figure out what the problem was. When he couldn't figure it out, he said, there's only one solution. You're going to have to take it to the dealership in, in, in Rapid City. And so I wondered what I was going to do. And then I was overwhelmed with responses from people who were willing to help me out people who had trailers, who had trucks, who had trucks and trailers that were willing to drive with me 120 miles to take my truck to Rapid City. So I got to spend four hours with Mike chin talking about all the things in the world. We dropped my truck off. We left it there. Praise God, a day later they called me back and said the only problem was a computer chip that had to be reprogrammed. It was only going to cost me 180 bucks to get my truck fixed. And I could drive it again. Then I got to drive with my wife to Rapid City. And we got to go to Sam's. And we got to get what we needed, come back, and everything was great. Why? Why do we like to talk the first way? Why is it easier to tell my first story? This is preaching to myself right now. Then share my second story. Because I don't think it's normal to be grateful. I think actually it's normal to be ungrateful. You see, the Scripture is pretty clear when it comes to how unnormal it is. Being ungrateful is literally, according to Scripture, a sign of an unbeliever. It's a sign of someone who's only For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Ungratefulness. The lack of gratitude can be a good indicator in my life of my place in God's kingdom. There's another scripture. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days and someone says, boy, that's where we're at right now. And listen to this list of things. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. Right in the middle of this list of wicked people... Is this word ungrateful? I mean, literally, it's a symptom. It's a sign of people who don't know God, who aren't living for God. Lovers of themselves. I mean, it just kind of hides. If I didn't have it underlined, I mean, that's the one we read over, just like Thanksgiving in the room with Easter and Christmas. The Bible's showing us how important it is for us to live as a as a thankful people, for us to live with gratitude in our heart. And truly, for you and I, I believe if we watch our words, it can become a litmus test for our relationship with God. It can really show me if my heart's in the right place or I need to spend some time in that secret place that we talked about in Sunday school. Why? Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Church, I'm telling you, we are called to be a grateful people. It shouldn't seem like one out of ten in the church, but the problem in the church, sometimes it seems more like one out of a hundred. We have to pray. I'm a assembly to God through and through. The Assemblies of God, we've got 16 fundamental truths They're doctrines that we apply for. But but I've often coined that I want to have a 17th fundamental truth. Tanner, don't tell on me, okay? My fundamental truth is the attitude of gratitude. It's an A.G. doctrine. We need to live with an attitude of gratitude. We need to, to live in a place where we've trained ourselves. And believe me, it takes discipline to get there. It takes discipline to tell that second story rather than the first story. But when I've trained myself to live in gratitude, to live acknowledging the things that have been done for me, to live looking at the positives rather than the negatives, I'm a powerful witness in the kingdom of God. Who wants to be around someone who always complains? How bright is the light when someone's complaining? Like who says, I can't wait to be in their shoes when their life is so miserable? Our testimony is powerful and effective. And it's when we begin to live with an attitude of gratitude, when we allow ourselves to be thankful in all ways. Well, how, how, do, we, how do we do that? Pastor, that's a great idea. That's a great premise. That's a, that's a catchy phrase. But, but how do I do it? Because I try and then it doesn't happen. Well, I think there's three areas we've got to be thankful There's three places you have to be thankful in order for it to be expressed in your life. Number one, you have to be thankful in your thoughts. Has someone ever said thank you, but they didn't mean it? You can tell that their thoughts weren't there. Philippians chapter 4. Peggy, this might sound familiar to you today. Peggy quoted this in Sunday school. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I love that. I love that. Be anxious about nothing. In all, in all things, through prayer and petition, present your request to God, peace of God which guards your hearts. All that. That's awesome. But what does he say to do? Finally, Brothers and sisters, do something about your thoughts. If you're struggling to get here, if you're struggling to rejoice, if you're struggling to get in that place with God, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard, in me or seen in me and put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Pastor Steve, in the midst of his truck saga, I mean, it was a terrible saga. No, in the midst of my truck saga, I had to think about whatever was right, whatever was pure, whatever was good. And suddenly when I think, when my thoughts get in line with the reality that is before me. My words follow. There's a there's a psalm, it's Psalm 103. it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Don't forget his benefits. Let my words and my mind be in line with one another. Because when my words are there, when my thoughts are there, my words will follow. Who has a good filter? I don't always have the best filter. So when my thoughts are there, my words follow. When my thoughts aren't there, when my thoughts aren't there, guess what happens? My words follow. Hebrews chapter 13 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually... How often is that? Every Sunday morning when Walt leads us from about 10, 10 10.05, 10.10, sometimes to 10.45. That's when I praise God. Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His names, And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. You see, I've got to get my mind there so my mouth can follow. And suddenly when my mind's there, my words (laughs) become in line. If we practice the discipline, and it's discipline, it's not always easy to continually to continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. To rejoice always. Might it might it change? Might it change the way we're living? Because I think when our mind and our mouth get in that place, then our actions follow. Once my mind is there, my mouth is there, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Suddenly my actions begin to exemplify Begin to be the, 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 the example of what's happened in my mind, what's happened in my heart, what's coming from my tongue. You know, it, it's, it's Levi's birthday today. we got presents. I mean, what parent doesn't buy their kid presents for their birthday? And there's, gonna, I mean, there's a way he can open those presents and I'll know if he's thankful or not. Every parent's done this. Did you tell them, did you tell Aunt Sally thank you for your present yet? And that kid runs over and thank you. Or there. Thank you for what you got for me. And then they walk away. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's something, yeah, our, our thoughts and in our, in, in our words, but our actions demonstrate the gratitude that's in our lives. When it came to the story in, in Luke 17, what was the revelation that that one was thankful? Was it not the action of walking back to Jesus? Was it not the action that demonstrated profoundly to Christ the measure of gratitude in his life? With the kid, is it not the action... Elliot, me and Elliot, you know when Elliot's excited. Have you ever seen my son? He gets excited, guess what he does? Uh, He's going to fly away. I mean, he's a little butterfly. I don't know. His actions show me what's happening inside of him. He's got no filter. If he's happy, he's like this. If he doesn't do that when he's getting a present, I know I missed the mark. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. With your thoughts, with your words, and let your actions exemplify the thanksgiving that you have in your life for the things that God has done. There's another action in the scripture. I just want to look at this. There was a woman, this is in Luke chapter 7. There was a woman in a town who lived in a sinful life, That Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, wiping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. Let me tell you about actions that show gratitude. The Pharisee's there and he said, Jesus, if you knew who this woman was, you wouldn't let her touch you with a ten-foot with a pole. If you knew who she was, you would put your mask on and socially distance. From her, she might have disease. And Jesus said to the Pharisee, He said, I forgave her sins, and she showed me how grateful she is. Her actions are demonstrating. Her actions are are speaking the very truth that is deep down inside of her. Man. To live a grateful life. You know, every parent in 2020, when your kid does something cool, what do you got to do? You got to record it. It captivates my heart when I see my son excited. When he's waving his hands and he's got joy in his heart and his words and his thoughts you can tell are compelled by the moment. It captivates me and I want to capture that. And I believe that you and I, I believe that the gratitude we have, you know, I mean, I know sometimes worship can become routine. I know sometimes Thanksgiving, which is that time of praise that we have, it can become ritual. But, man, I want my attitude, I want my heart to be one that expresses to my Father that I'm grateful. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. Seriously. I've been forgiven. He sent His Son, the greatest gift that I can think of, to die. That my sins could be forgiven. Thank you, God, because I was destined for an eternal separation from You. I was destined to be apart from You for eternity. But You made a way where the world didn't see a way. You gave up Your very best so I could be with You. Talk about gratitude. I want to tell you, thankfulness isn't just good for others, but it's good for you. The book of Proverbs says that a cheerful heart is medicine for your soul. There's something that happens in us when we're cheerful. That same article. This, is, this guy isn't a Christian that I know of. I mean, he's not writing this on the basis of Scripture. He's writing it on the basis of psychology or whatever, the study of the brain you want to talk about. He said there's two things that can do that you can do when you feel the need to complain. One is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. He read my AG Doctrine. That is, when you feel like complaining, shift your attention to something you're grateful for. And that seems like thoughts. Taking time to contemplate what you're grateful isn't merely the right thing to do, but it reduces the stress hormone cortisol by 23%. Do I know if this is true or not? I don't know. All I'm saying is this guy who studied it says basically that if you think about things that are good, if you take time to shift yourself from complaining, he said when you complain, that causes that hormone cortisol to rise up in you. If you shift yourself, there's a tangible change inside of you Research conducted at the University of California, Davis, found that people who work daily to cultivate an attitude of gratitude experienced improved mood, energy, and substantially less anxiety due to lower cortisol levels. At any time you experience a negative or pessimistic thought, use it as a cue to shift gears and think about something positive. In time, a positive attitude will become a way of life. Being grateful is good for you. Being grateful is is powerful for you. The other day uh, uh, with my kids, we were reading the devotion, and and we'll just say, this is the way God, He's cool, you know. I know I'm going to Thanksgiving, but whatever. So I made my kids pick numbers from 1 to 20, because there were 365 devotions in this book. And I said, pick a number from 1 to 20, and, and they picked them, and, and Levi picked one, and Avery and, and Graham and Ellie couldn't pick a number, so that's where we ended up. We ended up at number forty-six. The devotion on number forty-six was called "Thanksgiving and Peace." And the whole point there was Jesus is the way. The whole point of that devotion was saying that when we are thankful, we will have peace in our lives, and when we have peace in our lives, it's a lot easier. To be thankful. The product of gratitude is peace. The product of peace is gratitude. They work together. They come together. I want peace in my life. And we'll read this quote. The more thankful you are, the more you'll be able to feel my peace. And the more peaceful you are, the more thankful you will be. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Since his members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. I I, I don't want to be the one out of ten. I mean, I don't want to be the nine out of ten. Sorry. (laughs) I want my life to be a life of thanksgiving. Church, for us as a body, for for anyone who listens to these words, I'm telling you, I know something good. I've got a good medicine for you today. That medicine is simple as shifting your attitude, as shifting your words, as shifting your thoughts. You know, when I was a kid, I've told this story. I liked to do well in school. And so you know what I did when I got a test back? I didn't look for the ones I got right because I knew there were lots of them. I looked for the ones I got wrong. It didn't matter if I got 95% or a 99, 99% just ticked me off. There was no joy in a 99. Because I was obsessed with the 1%. That's all I could focus on. I'm telling you, the enemy wants you to focus on everything that's wrong. Because everything that's right is found in God. So if he can keep your thoughts, if he can keep your words, and he can keep your actions focused on all that's wrong, you'll never get to the place for everything that's right. I don't need that. I'm going to end with this. You guys can come forward. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. For those who are in Sunday school, sing and make harmony with God. Because when I'm I'm focused on what is right, when I'm focused on what is good, suddenly my heart shifts and we're making beautiful music which brings peace in our lives. This calendar causes us to pause. Please don't let Thanksgiving only be about, what is it, the fourth Thursday in November. Thanksgiving should be a part of every believer in Jesus Christ. The expression of gratitude should be normal, not not normal. I just use a double negative. You like that? My wife loves that. She understood me completely. This morning I'm going to have Walt and Carey sing. And as they sing, my desire for you is to stop and think. Yeah, there will be music and you can engage in the music in a moment, but stop and think. You know, I don't know how many times your truck broke down or how many of your trucks wouldn't start when you changed the battery. That's all you could focus on. But I I hope that today you can allow your thoughts. You can start changing that story. You know, the one when someone says, how you doing? And you tell them about all that's wrong. You can start to see all that's right. You can see those moments where God has intersected in your life. You can see the, the things that God did this week, this month, this year. But you can begin to recognize the, the provision and the good that's been demonstrated before you. And then as your thoughts get to that place, I encourage your words to follow. And maybe even your actions that you can engage in the worship to God. That you can say to God, God, thank you this day for what you've done. God, I'm grateful for the things that have happened in my life. You know what else? Maybe there's someone you want to say thank you to. Twice this week I took someone and I said thank you. And I said, no, look me in the eye. I need to shake your hand and tell you thank you. I don't do that as a show. I do that because I want them to know that I'm grateful. And I'm guessing when someone shakes your hand and says thank you, this week we got a card from the school. Pastor Tara, if you didn't know, she's been taking some stuff up to the, to the teacher's lounge so the teachers know that someone's thinking about them. And this card, it's, it's, it's thank you from the, from the faculty at the school, just to the church, just saying, hey, thanks for thinking about us. And I'll tell you, this action makes my heart glad. This is why there's a bunch of cards that some people think look tacky out there. Because people, when they recognize what's been done, it makes you feel good. It's good medicine for your soul, and it's good medicine for their soul. I want to be around grateful people. You know, we have a month we call Pastor Appreciation Month. and Everybody gets to tell pastor how grateful we are. That's great. I love it. I want it to be part of our our, our DNA, part of who we are. This is who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm going to pray, Father, this morning. I pray that as we pause for thanksgiving, Lord, that we experience you. For everyone in this room, God, I pray they put on the helmet of salvation. That God, in these next few moments, that their thoughts are controlled by what's been accomplished on the cross through Jesus Christ. That You protect our thoughts from the distractions of the enemy. That You protect our thoughts from the One who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy the fiery darts that He shoots. Help us, God, right now to think about You. God, I pray that as we dwell upon you and we dwell on your promises that the peace of God that transcends understanding begins to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus that we experience the fullness of peace God so that then our words can begin to reflect what's happening in our mind that our words become expressions of gratitude and our actions begin to demonstrate how grateful we are Lord if you need us to go back help us to go back if you need us to stand up help us to stand up if you need us to to wash your hair with alabaster perfume, let us do whatever you need to do to demonstrate our gratitude this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. Amen. God is good. Amen. God, you are so great. God, you are so good to us. We thank you for the demonstration of your love. We thank you for your continued provision and protection. We thank you for the ability to meet. We thank you that we can come together as a family. We thank you, God, for the work that you're accomplishing in us and through us. We thank you for you're the God who is with us, Emmanuel. We thank you that you speak to us through your word, that your word is living and active. God, we rejoice. We thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you take your medicine. May you live with thanksgiving in your hearts. Amen. Amen. Be blessed.